888-835-2414. This is Learning with Leslie. Another episode of Learning with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Samuel from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting episode for you today. In today's episode, episode 259, I'm going to be talking about advanced YouTube marketing strategies for bloggers. Yes, online video is becoming more and more powerful for growing your blog. And in the online video game, YouTube is still a serious powerhouse. It's the main platform that I use to build my biology blog. And I still believe that it's a very solid platform for building your blogging business today. Well, I had a call from with someone from YouTube and they share some strategies for taking my YouTube channel to the next level and I thought to myself, man, these are some th- tips that I just can't keep to myself. I knew that you would want to learn from these tips, take action and build your YouTube channel. So these U- advanced YouTube marketing strategies, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Hello, hello. I am so excited. I'm so glad that you decided to join me for this Another episode, episode 259. I cannot believe it. But as usual, I'm going to have detailed show notes over at becomeablogger.com slash 259. So if you miss anything, don't worry. If you're driving in your car, don't stress out or anything of that sort. It's all going to be there at becomeablogger.com slash 259. And as a reminder, if you have a question that you would love for me to answer on the show, make sure to call the hotline and leave it on the voicemail. And that number is 888-835-2414. I'm going to jump right into the content for today. So we're talking about advanced YouTube marketing strategies for bloggers. And let me tell you how this kind of came about. As I mentioned in the introduction, I used YouTube to build my biology blog. And if I go to my biology YouTube channel right now, and I'm actually pulling it out, uh, pulling it up as I speak, I will see, and this, this actually blows my mind, but I have 99,374 subscribers. That is, I just, I can't believe that over almost 100,000 people decided to click on a subscribe button after watching some of my videos. Now, here's the thing. Back in January, I got an email, um, and actually I got the email before this, but I just saw it in January, and it was from YouTube. And YouTube, let me read the, the, the email, at least part of it. Um, hi, my name is dot, 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 and I work on the YouTube content partnerships team, helping creators like you grow and succeed on the platform. Yes, I'm actually with YouTube, smiley face. (laughs) And then it says, we've noticed that your channel, Interactive Biology, has been growing recently. As a result, you may be eligible for 
free one-on-one advice from our team about optimizing your channel and getting the most out of YouTube. Now, when I saw that, I was like, man, that's kind of cool because I haven't touched that YouTube channel in a while. And at the time, I was considering, I was dabbling with the idea of focusing on that biology blog and that biology YouTube channel again. Uh, So I contacted them and I had uh, one consultation with one of the guys over at YouTube, and I was supposed to have a second one, but I canceled the second one. Um, And what I want to share with you today is all of the tips and the strategies that came from that call. Now, all of them weren't new to me. I was familiar with most of them, but there was some interesting things twists on what I had already known that he mentioned to me that I thought, you know what, I want to share every single thing that I learned from that conversation with you. So that's what I'm going to do. So in the first part, what we're going to do is just go through some general YouTube marketing tips that he shared with me. Um, At the time, I had 94,000 subscribers. And you could see over the last what, three months, it's up to almost 100,000. It will be at 100,000 this month, even though I haven't done anything. Um, But I would imagine that if I were to take this advice, (laughs) it would really impact my YouTube channel in a positive way. So you take this advice for me, and then when I'm ready to take it, then I'm going to do it. Does that even make sense? Anyhow, let me go into these tips. And I want to share them with you. The first one is going gonna, gonna to sound like, oh, yeah, I mean, we know that already. But there's an interesting aspect to it that I really like. So tip number one is this. Have a consistent upload schedule. Yes, I know. This is something that I preach. If you're creating content, you want to be consistent because then your audience gets to know exactly what to expect and they look forward to your content and that's exactly what you want. You want to train your audience to look for your content every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Just as an example, that's when my podcast goes live. I want you to know that every Wednesday at 8 a.m. there's going to be a new podcast episode and you can plan for that. Okay? Now, According to what he told me, most, most of the successful YouTubers will tell you that this right here is the most important factor in their success. Literally. like He sent me a detailed report, and he literally said in that report, it's the most important factor in success on YouTube, having that consistent upload schedule. But here's the unique part about it. What he recommends is not just have that consistent upload schedule, but you want to communicate that in as many ways as possible. And here are some of the ways that you can communicate it. You can communicate it in your video channel banner. The banner that goes at the top of YouTube, let people know. Expect a new video every Wednesday, every Friday, or three times a week on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, whatever the case might be. Let them know. Set those expectations. And then, of course, deliver on those expectations. So number, you can communicate it in your banner. You can communicate it in your about section. You can communicate it in your video description. You can communicate it at the end of your video in the cards and so on. That You can communicate. You basically over-communicate the fact that every whatever you can expect a new video from you. All right? So have that consistent upload schedule 
It's the most important factor in success and communicate that like it's going out of style. <laughs> like if you don't make sure they know, then something the world is going to blow up or something of that sort. So that's number one. Have a consistent upload schedule and let the world know as in as many places as you can. Okay, so that's number one. Let's move on to number two. Number two is to have a channel trailer. Now, once again, this is not something that's like amazingly new or anything of that sort, but your channel trailer is what people see when they come to your blog and they are not subscribed. So if they're not subscribed to your, not your your blog, but your YouTube channel, if they're not subscribed, they will see this channel trailer. Okay? So have that unsubscri- that channel trailer so that unsubscribed viewers can can be hooked into your content. Now, this is what you want to do in that channel trailer. You want to highlight your best content. All right? Because you want people to know once again what can they expect if they subscribe to your YouTube channel. And you can do that by highlighting some of your best content. Don't make it extremely long or anything of that sort, but give some highlights. And then, of course, you want to encourage people to subscribe. Encourage these unsubscribed people. I say it as if it's like a, it's like a disease, right? These, those, those people that suffer from unsubscriptionitis. <laughs> wow, that was, that was cheesy. That was corny. Yeah, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Just act as if you never heard that one. No, actually, I like it. Unsubscriptionitis. I'm going to coin that term. All those people that are afflicted with unsubscriptionitis, you want to hook them in there. So you want to encourage them to subscribe. And, 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 and you can use an annotation to send these new visitors to your top videos or your top playlist. So this channel trailer, if you want to take full advantage of the channel trailer, you highlight your best content, you encourage them to subscribe, and you use annotations to send them to the right places, the places where they can find some of your best content and be so impressed with you and take the medication that you're giving them so that they no longer have to suffer from unsubscriptionitis. Wow. If you ever use that term, by the way, you you want to make sure <laughs> you want to make sure to 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 give the the prop the appropriate attribution. <laughs> All right. So that's your channel trailer. So so far we have have a consistent upload schedule and use a channel's trailer, but do it in an effective way. And we mentioned some ways that you can do that. All right, now let's talk. You know, I mentioned there, use annotations. So let me just quickly talk about what annotations are. When you watch a YouTube video on a desktop, uh, not on a mobile device, you may sometimes see on the screen that they have like a button that can you can click to go to a certain page or you can click to subscribe or to go to another video, whatever the case might be. And right by that button, you will see kind of like an outline that you can click on. Those annotations are a way for the, the viewer to interact with your content. They can click, they can go to different places, and so on and so forth. But the thing is, that's only available on desktop. It doesn't work, unfortunately, on mobile devices. So that's where we get into the next tip. 
use cards. Now, here's what he said in his report. On mobile, the average viewing session is now more than 40 minutes. So the average time that people spend watching at one time is about 40 minutes. And that's more than 50% increase over last year. So obviously, there's a big trend to mobile devices. You know it. You see people all over the place, always on their smartphones. You're probably spending a lot more time on your smartphone than you did a few years ago. If you, if you know, you've seen, we've seen that this is something. This is a trend that is just going more and more mobile over time. So you can use cards. Now, cards work on mobile devices. And what you'll see when, you, when you're using a card, if you have a card on a video, you'll be watching a video, even if it's on a mobile device, and at a specific point, you'll see this little icon that has an eye in it at the top right. And if you click on that icon, you can see info cards that are going to pop up. It's just like this little pop-up that comes on top of the video. And that's a nice professional way of using annotations, quote-unquote annotations, on mobile devices. Now, it works on mobile devices. It works on, 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 on desktop as well. So you can use this to link to other videos, to link to playlists, to link to your website, your blog, to link to, let's say you're doing fan funding, like Patreon. Uh, Patreon is a fan funding platform where people can say, I want to contribute a certain amount of money every month or every video. You can link to those pages. You can use cards as a way for your audience to interact with your content and interact with with your the experience that you're creating for them. So using cards is a good idea and I want to encourage you to use them. Okay? So cards are that's the third tip. Let's move on to the next one. A branding watermark. Now, what is a branding watermark? This is something that they released a while ago where if I go to your channel and I watch a video and you have branding watermarks enabled, at the bottom right of your video, you will see that watermark. So it may be a logo, it may be a, a, a small little picture or something of that sort, and you may have seen that on YouTube videos. Now, what that allows you to do is increase engagement in a different way, right? People can hover over that little watermark and they can subscribe to your channel from right there. That is very powerful because what are you trying to do? You're trying to encourage people to subscribe to your channel. And the more people subscribe to your channel, what's going to happen is when you have new content, they get a notification. It may be via email or if they have the app, it can be it can pop up in the app like I've 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 had where I did I went live on my YouTube channel and because people are subscribed, they're in the app, they automatically get this pop-up and they come to watch my video. You're increasing the engagement by getting people to subscribe to your content. So that means that whenever I create a new video, almost 100,000 people, if they have the notifications enabled, those people are going to be notified to the fact, well, actually, they're all going to be notified in some way but many of them are going to be notified via email, and that is a powerful thing. Now, here's the beauty of having a branding watermark. 
that also shows on other websites. So if someone were to take your video and, you know, your video is so awesome, it shows how to create, you know, mac and cheese from scratch or something of that sort. If they embed your video on their blog, when I come to their blog and I see that video, I can click on that branding watermark or go by that branding watermark and I can subscribe easily to your channel. It's a beautiful thing. And if you're not using a branding watermark, you want to go into your settings and enable it and then upload it and then um, take advantage of that feature. Okay, so we have a few things so far. We got have a consistent upload schedule and make that very visible. We have use a channel trailer to hook your those those visitors that suffer from unsubscriptionitis <laughs> and get them to subscribe. We spoke about annotations. We spoke about cards and the, the fact that those work on mobile devices and you can use that to get people to take specific types of action actions. And then we spoke about branding watermark. The last one I want to speak about in this section is using custom thumbnails. Now, when you upload a video to YouTube or pretty much any platform like Facebook or whatever the case might be, what usually happens is that they give you a few options that are like random screenshots of your videos. Now, with YouTube, you have the ability to have a custom thumbnails, a, a custom thumbnail. And what he said was that 90% of the best performing videos of, on YouTube have custom thumbnails. Yes, you heard that correctly. 90%. That's a lot. If you get a 90%, you got an A. Or well, an A minus, depending on depending on the teacher. That is significant. Uh, this can can increase the number of click throughs for people to actually watch your video because it captures their attention. You get to attract more viewers, um, and as a result, you can also increase your watch time by creating visually interesting thumbnails of your own that that kind of sucks them in. So make sure to use a custom thumbnail. Now you can create it in whatever app you want to use for that you use for creating images. You can use something like Canva. That's what I would be using. Um, so you can use that. Now here are some uh, some some best practices for creating these thumbnails. You want to make sure it's clear. You want to make sure it's in focus and high resolution or at least a relatively high resolution. Um, you want to you wanna basically, you, you want to make sure that it's a 16 by 9 aspect ratio. What do I mean by that? It's widescreen, basically. If you have an HD video, you will see it has a certain type of dimension, and that is a 16 by 9 video as opposed to a 4 by 3 video. A 4 by 3 is like, you know those older TVs um, that it, it looks a little more square than that rectangular look that you get when you're watching an HD video. 4 by 3 is that older format, um, but 16 by 9 is that HD dimension, the aspect ratios that you're looking for. It needs to be a minimum of 640 by 360 pixels. So that's just for you to note. It needs to be a minimum of 640 by 360. You want to make sure that you have that 16 by 9 ratio. Okay? Um, 
you want to also make sure that you're using kind of, you, you have like a bright, high contrast, well-framed, visually compelling thumbnail. Now, if you go to YouTube and you just look at the top videos, you'll see that many of them have thumbnails that really just stand out. It's visually compelling. It might be bright. You have a, a lot of contrast. It's, it's well-framed. It looks really good and it kind of catches your attention. That's exactly what you want. So it might be worth taking some time to think through what you want your thumbnail to look like even before you shoot the video so that whether you design it from scratch or you use a specific shot or you take a picture of you doing something that's related to the video, think about that beforehand um, so that you can make sure to, 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 cre to use a thumbnail that's going to stand out from the crowd. Okay. You, another thing, you want to make sure that it's clear across devices of all sizes. Now, one of the things that I, I've seen, and even on some of my videos, the thumbnail image that I use have text on it, but the text is small. And on a, a desktop, it looks okay. But when you get down to a mobile device and you see those little thumbnails, you have no idea what it says. That is not what you want. You want to make sure that it's clear on all sizes. So use bigger fonts um, and use a, you know a format that is visible, clearly visible, even when you shrink it down to a small size. Another thing to, to keep in mind when using these custom thumbnails is that the thumbnails should visually reinforce your video's title. So you want to make sure that that thumbnail strengthens what the title is. It reinforces the same concept that you get from reading the title because then you have that co the, the consistency between the two and it's going to encourage them to click play even more. Lastly, you want to make sure that it's this. This is one of those annoying things that I see every so often on on YouTube. You want to make sure it, it's it's an accurate reflection of your content. Have you ever searched for something on YouTube and you see a thumbnail that it looks like this is going to be exactly what you want, and you click play, and all of a sudden you see something that's so unrelated to what you're looking for? And in those cases, you'll probably notice that uh, when you look at the number of likes and the number of dislikes, you'll see a huge number of dislikes and just a few likes, if any at all. You don't want to be that person. You want to make sure that there's consistency in your title, in your branding, in your thumbnail, and in the content that you are providing in the video. All right? So it has to be an accurate reflection of your content. Let's recap from this section. Have a consistent upload schedule. Use a channel trailer effectively. Use YouTube cards. Have a branding watermark and use custom thumbnails. Those are the general things that he wanted to that he went over with me in terms of ways that I can improve some of the things that I was doing on my YouTube channel. Some of them I am using, but so I am doing, but some of them I can start doing and I can see how that will be even more effective and I'm 
I'm excited to get back to that channel. I've decided to take a two-year break from the biology blog. So when I do get back to it, I'm going to go all in on some of this stuff. You're going to get a head start because if you're working on YouTube right now and, and using YouTube as a, one of your main platforms, you're going to start doing this. And that's exciting. And if you do, let me know. Now, the next thing he did is after we had this initial meeting, he he went through my channel in detail. He went through a lot of my reports and analytics to make even more specific recommendations, um, specifically of things that maybe I'm not doing that well that I could do much better. And by going into your YouTube analytics, you can also do some of the analysis that I'm going to share with you right now. Okay, so when you go into your YouTube analytics, you can see a number of reports. And one of the reports that you're going to see is the watch time report. And this is going to give you an, an overview of the daily watch time on your channel. Now, here's what Here's what he saw when he looked at my watch time report. And you might go through your watch time report and see if you see similar things or if it's slightly different. And these, these reports can help you make decisions about content, decisions about certain things that you do, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. So he said that he noticed a natural trend in viewership at the beginning of the week. Now, this makes a lot of sense because for me, for my channel, because it's a biology channel, people start off the school week, and as they get into the school week, they're going to be looking, they're going to be learning things in school, they're going to be uh, struggling through certain concepts, and they're going to start looking on YouTube for answers. So it made a lot of sense. Now, he, he went on to say, since I haven't uploaded a video in a while, this tells me that I'm naturally getting more viewership during the week rather than the weekend. Now, what's the significance of this? If you look at your watch time and you see that you're getting a, a significant amount of viewership on specific days, what does that tell you? Well, it tells you when you should be uploading content. And what he said was, Monday seems like a good time if I were to, to have that be my upload schedule. So if I were uploading videos once a week, it would make the most sense, just based on the numbers, based on the data, to upload it at the beginning of the week on Mondays. So take a look at your watch time. When are people engaging with your videos the most? And based on that, determine what your upload schedule is going to be. All right, so that's the first thing, the watch time report. By the way, watch time. I've heard from a number of YouTube marketers that are doing very well that watch time is a major factor. When YouTube sees that people that start watching your video watch for a significant period of time and maybe they go from your video to a next video and then a next video and then a next video, that is telling YouTube that you are creating the kind of content that makes people want to stick around. So what do they want? They want people to stick around. They're going to start ranking your videos higher. So watch time is a very important thing to pay attention to. The next thing is audience retention. Now, here's what he says. First, on average, people are spending a good amount of time watching your videos. Yay for me. That's good. Overall, in general. And here's where the however comes in. <laughs> this is what he says. However, 
Diving deeper into some examples, there seems to be a consistent drop-off right at the beginning of my videos. Now, when he saw that, he decided to start looking at some of those videos to see what the problem was or what may be contributing to that drop-off time. And what he said was, after looking closely, he saw that at the beginning of my videos, I'm basically giving this extended intro that's just repeating what the title is and what they're going to get from the video as opposed to just getting into the content. Remember that people's attention spans are getting shorter and shorter, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it. Um, but his recommendation was this. When someone clicks on your videos, they know what it's going to be about. The title tells it to them. Hopefully, the thumbnail tells it to them. Just go into the content and don't waste a lot of time in the beginning setting the stage. Okay, so the audience retention report is a good way for you to see, hey, how am I retaining my audience? Are people watching through my videos um, from beginning to end? Do they drop off at a certain point? If so, what am I doing at that point? Do I need to be more engaging at that point? Am I too long-winded at that point? Am I giving too long of an intro like that Leslie guy on his biology videos? <laughs> you can use this data to make decisions about the flow of your videos. Okay? The next report, traffic sources. What does this tell you? Well, it tells you how people are getting to your videos. And when he looked at my report, what he saw was that I was getting a lot of traffic from people searching for specific topics. And his response to that was, no surprise, your content is highly valuable and discoverable. So that's a good thing. Um, and then he recommended, uh, just for me to know, and this is something that, this is why I'm telling it to you, you can actually go into the traffic sources and you can see a section that's called YouTube search. And when you click through to that section, you're going to see the terms that people are using to find your content. Why is that significant? Well, if you know what people are looking for to find your content, you can then compare that to the content that you're creating. And you can see, for example, in my situation, a lot of people are finding my videos because they're looking for content on the cardiovascular system and how blood flows through the heart and you know the function of the heart and those types of things. That's an indication that I might want to spend more time creating videos about the cardiovascular system. It's that simple. You see, a lot of us create content, we put it on YouTube, but we don't really look at the analytics. And if we look at it, we just look at it to see what our numbers are, but we don't dig deep into the details of those numbers in a way that it empowers us to make decisions. You, of course, are not going to do that. All right. And then you can look at the annotations and see how that's doing. And here's, here's what he says 
a rule that I always give is that your CTR, your click-through rate, should be higher than your close-through rate. In other words, when people click through to your video, they shouldn't be leaving your video very soon after clicking through that video. Um, and he was seeing a higher close-through rate on some of my videos. And when he went to the videos, he was able to determine why that is the case. Because people would click to play, and then right at the, the, the beginning of the video, I would say, hey, this is Leslie Summer from Interactive Biology TV, where we're making biology fun. And then I would have a URL to Interactive Biology, and they can click away immediately and go to Interactive Biology. What, and his recommendation was, don't do that. Don't get people to click away before they even get into the content. You want to give them value first. You want to convince them that what you are providing to them is significant. It's going to help them on their whatever journey they're going on to, to do better in biology or to become a better cook or to start a blog or to sing like a bird. I don't know. Whatever your channel is about whatever you are trying to help people with. Give them value first before getting them to, to, to click away. So the take-home message from this last section is don't just look at your analytics as a way to determine how many subscribers you have or how much traffic you're getting, how many views you're getting. You want to dig into your watch time report, audience, audience retention report. Your watch time report gives you an idea of when you should be posting. The audience retention report basically gives you an idea of how you should be structuring or restructuring your content to keep them engaged, to keep your audience engaged. The traffic sources, you can dig into the traffic sources. You can see what people are searching for and make sure that you are creating the best content to serve their needs. And by looking at the, the click-through rate and the close-through rate and all that fun stuff, you can see if you are using annotations the right way. And then you can tweak, and then you can improve, and then you can make a better experience for your YouTube audience. So that's it for the content, but of course, I gotta leave you with some action steps. All right, so you listened to this entire episode and you got a ton of value. You wanna go now and dominate YouTube. I'm just gonna give you three simple action steps. All right, and here are the three action steps. Number one, decide on a posting schedule and make it prominent. All right. If this is the biggest factor that many successful YouTubes attribute to their success on YouTube, then why not do that? It's relatively simple and it's the thing that you want. You want people to be accustomed to looking for your content on a specific day or on specific days of the week. So that's number one. Number two, make sure to create a channel trailer. This is like one of the first things I need to do when I get back to my YouTube channel. I want to create a channel trailer that really highlights the value that I provide on that channel and then invites them to subscribe. And number three, create custom thumbnails that stand out. 
Don't just depend on a random thumbnail that is automatically generated by YouTube because a bot can do a better job than you. You will do a better job than a bot any day, at least when it comes to a custom thumbnail. Oh, yeah. I hope you got a lot of that. Nah, you know what? I know you got a lot of value from that. So make sure to make it happen with your YouTube channel. Let's talk about what we have coming up because... Next week, we got a, a very cool episode coming up, a, a topic that I haven't covered yet, surprisingly, on this episode, on this podcast, and that is how to make money with sponsored content. It's an interview with Serena Apia, who has been doing a whole lot with sponsored content, and she shares how to find sponsors, how to pitch companies, and how to position yourself for success. You don't want to miss that episode. This was episode 259. I hope you got value from that, and of course, you can visit becomeablogger.com com slash two five nine and if you missed anything it'll all be there and if you know someone that can benefit for the, from the content in this episode tell them to head on over to becomeablogger.com slash podcast and they're gonna find this and all of the other episodes of the podcast they can even find out how to subscribe and if you're trying to get your blog, oh, that was kind of cool. If you're trying to get your blog started so that you can create content, inspire others, and even change the world while building your online business, freebloggingvideos.com. It's a free course and free is good. Lastly, if you want to take your business to the next level, be coached by me. And if you want to join the Become a Blogger Coaching Club at bloggercoaching.com, you're going to love it. That's it for this episode. This is Leslie Summer from becomeablogger.com where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And until next time, take care and God bless. Bless.